This episode is dedicated to my father, who I love very much. Dad, may you rest in peace. My father passed away of a heart attack. Um, And, you know, I was home. We were all very young. But prior to having a heart attack, my father had a stroke a few years earlier. And um, the doctor that's responsible for the book, A Stroke of Insight, also had a stroke which brought her to the 92nd rule. And this made me think about my father. You know, my father went through life with a really compromised heart. He was very, he had a lot of bravado, was very macho, and he was a really strong man. And I and I just, you know, I don't know if he was able to always express himself the way he wanted to um, because, you know, sensitivity wasn't really a thing for those type of guys. They were really hardcore men, you know, and very strong and, you know. And I just always think, you know, while doing this episode, I thought to myself, what if my dad had the 90-second rule? What if he had some of the tips we have these now to deactivate the stress um, signal, the fight-or-flight response, and to bring our bodies back into homeostasis? And, you know, so it just puts me in a special place. You know, stress is definitely a killer. Heart disease is definitely a killer And I'm promoting a healthy lifestyle. So this is dedicated to my dad. And I have a tip for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. The 90-second rule tip of the day. If you find yourself stressed for any reason, it could be anything. You know, you could just have a bad day. Got a, you know, bad phone call. Your boss pissed you off. Whatever it is. Sit down and count backwards from 90 All right. By counting backwards, it's very important that you count backwards because this helps your brain relax and it helps your brain reset. And it takes about 90 seconds to deactivate the fight or flight response. So that's the tip of the day. If you're stressed out and you're on the go, some of you may not have time to listen to this whole episode. Um, Count backwards from 90, 90 to one, sitting down slowly breathing and relaxing and that's about a minute and 30 seconds and that's all the time you need to totally reset your your body and mind and bring everything back to homeostasis enjoy this jam-packed episode this is another tool for the sober's dope tool belt i love you all catch you on the other side Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast with your host, Pop Buchanan. Today's episode is called The 90-Second Rule and Meditation. This episode is about a stress technique that we could use or a technique that we could use to de-stress our lives and to maximize the potential of controlling our negative emotions as they arise. So for everyone out there that's in the health community, sober community, everyone that's in business, everyone that has a family, if you're human, this applies to you, okay? Um, We all have to put out fires all day. We all have to deal with other people which can suck all day. 
we all have to deal with life and life has its ramifications, its circumstances, its situations and emergencies and stresses. And for everyone in the sober community, you know part of your recovery is trying to live a stress-free life, trying to stay as drama-free as possible because stress is one of the top triggers for relapse. And if you're not struggling with substance abuse addiction, stress is one of the top causes, all cause of mortality um, cases in the world. Stress leads to heart disease, it leads to um, high blood pressure, and that leads to metabolic issues which causes the body to break down. So, you know, we're always talking about living a healthy life and a fulfilling life, but stress is one of the things we have to be able to control. And as you guys know, um, this podcast is intended to highlight not only the benefits of sobriety, but to also bring, to act as a tool belt for everyone out there that's struggling uh, to, or thriving in their recovery. Um, So today I really wanted to cover this and to bring it full circle for you guys so you could use this. Um, So I'll give you a little background of how I came across the 92nd rule. Uh, I'm currently reading Mel Robbins' latest book. Um, let me let me pull it up for you guys because I, I read so many books that I forget the title of this particular book. I'm reading it actually right now. Um, Take Control of Your Life by Mel Robbins. Now, in in this book, she's counseling different people and she's talking to them and trying to uncover certain parts of their life where there's discomfort, right? And where there's imbalance and where there's resistance. And, you know, in certain points of the interview, when a person will bring up a specific part of their lives, you can see the stress and the anxiety of that subject bubble up in their body. And for most of us, it could be, you know, you'll start to cry or you'll start sweating when a certain subject is brought up, something that's causing you stress in your life. Um, For me, I get like really tight in my chest, right? I get tight in my chest and I feel like, a little pit in my stomach and um and I and I have anxiety you know anxiety is something that I work on a lot you know um my mother has anxiety I have anxiety we're very sensitive and I get it from her I think and um and I think we all have a certain level of anxiety but for me that's how it works for other people it may be you know you get sweaty palms you break out in hives you know, you may, you know, you may, you know, you may start to binge eat. It may be anything. Um, and for every one of us in the recovery community, we know when stress bubbles up or a subject bubbles up, we usually go get a cigarette or we'll go get a drink or we'll go get a hit or whatever drug or drug of choice. And when you're in your recovery, that's no longer an option. So one of the most important things about recovery is um, we have to learn new and innovative ways for to mitigate stress and to deal with stress management and put in fear, emotions like fear, anxiety, and depression in this perspective places. Now, no matter how much I could teach you guys, this is something I work on every day. You know, 
one of the things that I have conflict with in my life is just work, like doing things that I have to do to put money on the table, but that's not necessarily tied to a passion of mine. So if I'm doing a podcast for you guys, there's zero stress there. There's zero resistance because I love doing this because this is something that excites me, giving back and telling my story and helping other people grow. It helps me to grow, and there's zero resistance there. But, you know, getting up and going to do the 9 to 5, there's resistance there because none of us is happy working for someone else or doing something else. Now, if we could find that balance in our lives, then we win because you spend um, pretty much at least 60% of your life at work. You know, I don't know the exact statistics. Don't quote me on that. But I'm imagining for me, it feels like 60 to 70 percent of my life is at work. I work about 70 hours a week and uh, six days a week, 70 to, you know, uh, roughly. Yeah, roughly about 70 hours a week, six, six days a week. So if I'm not finding balance there, it's going to be a stressor. And for most of us, we're like, oh, my God, it's Monday again. Right. And just at my age, I think the concept of working in general, I have a lot of job prospects, but I'm just at that space in my life where I feel like, do I really just want to work for someone? Do I want to get up after answer to someone else? Like, can I just do my own thing? You know, I'm just at that age where I'm just burnt out. I don't think my future what what my future is about working for anyone else i think it's about figuring out exactly the ideal environment for me to thrive in my own way as my own business and as my own boss that's me right but in regards to that that work is a stressor relationships can be a stressor they're not supposed to be a stressor but they can be right so if you have an argument with someone that you love how do you deal with that um, that could be a stressor. So stress mitigation and stress management is very important. So while reading the book by Mel Robbins, Take Control of Your Life, she identified one of the techniques is the 90-second rule. And then I did a deep dive on it, and, um, and I thought it was extremely, extremely beautiful. And also, you will see, if you look up the 90-second rule, Tony Robbins also utilizes, he, he has his own version of the 90-second rule that he uses. And Tony Robbins, um, Tony Robbins' version of the 90-second rule is he doesn't allow the current emotions to sit for 90 seconds. He's like, okay, you're going to have to put out a fire. I'm not, he, he doesn't identify with it. He talks about um, needing to allow ourselves to feel, but not letting the emotions stay for more than 10 seconds, right? I mean, yeah, more than 90 seconds, I'm sorry. So, you know, we're gun like so for example, if I have an argument with someone that I love, yeah, I'm going to be angry, right? Your body is going to flood your um your your mind is going to flood your body with neurochemicals and a bunch of chemicals and stress chemicals like adrenaline and cortisol. And the science of this is it takes 90 seconds for your body to flush those chemicals out, right? Because this is part of our fight or flight response. So the human body is not necessarily designed to keep us in a state of happiness. It's designed to keep us in a state of survival, right? So it's really hardwired to survive. And the brain 
Now, this is stuff that I already studied and understood that are, we have different parts of our brain, but our primitive brain, the parts of our brain that's the oldest, it hasn't really evolved at all over the last million years. That's pretty much still fundamentally the same. So your brain can't tell the difference between a stressful situation being an argument on the phone versus a dinosaur trying to kill you or a saber-toothed tiger trying to kill you. Your brain can't differentiate the difference. Just like your brain can't differentiate the difference between you being on vacation or thinking about being on the vacation, it's going to still put you in the same mood. So the brain, it works both ways. It cuts both ways. So... As far as the negative emotions and fear and anxiety and stress, cortisol and adrenaline is going to keep you in a heightened state, but it doesn't stay around. Now, here's the problem. Although your body eliminates these stress hormones and toxins within 90 seconds, it's up to us to let it go mentally. So, you know, 90 seconds passed, which is about a minute and 30 seconds, right? And okay, my body's calmed down. I calm down. That's what we call the calming down. You calm down. Are you done? Are you still upset? Relax. But if you sit there and you stew in the in in what caused you to be angry or upset or fearful, you're gonna prolong the stress factor. You're gonna prolong the fear factor. You're gonna prolong the anxiety past a specific point. So there's certain techniques for this. Um, And the technique that I'm going to talk to you guys about and read to you guys about in regards to the 90-second rule is the sitting with difficulty meditation, which this is such a cool concept for me. Because you guys know I'm into meditation, spirituality, Tai Chi, you know, Qigong and all of this stuff. So when I read this term, I'm like the sitting with difficulty meditation. Like, that's beautiful. Like, because we all have these things in our lives that makes us feel tense and clammed up and really stressful and angry. And if we could learn to sit there and feel those negative emotions and understand them and embrace them and breathe and let it pass through our body and we could be done with it. We could conquer it. So when it reoccurs, it doesn't have the same initial effect on us. We'll actually be built up an immunity to it, right? So meditation in itself is uh, one of the best ways to mitigate stress and to deal with stress management. And sitting with difficulty and the sitting with difficulty meditation technique is also another thing. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, the 90-second rule is extremely helpful uh, for us. And it's an extreme tool belt. So, if you're out there and you're stressed out and you're in a sober community, you know, yo, we're, we're, we're fighting hard. I think I call us in the sober community and recovery superheroes, not because we could, you know, catch bullets with our teeth and stop trains and fly. It's because we are forced to deal with our raw, raw emotions on a daily basis without having a chemical outlet to release those negative emotions. So we don't get to go 
to the bar and have a drink, and we don't get to do that. So the average person could say, you know what, I'm stressed out. I'm going to go let off some steam. For us, we might have to exercise. We're going to have to pray. We have to meditate. We have to practice deep breathing exercises. We have to take hot showers. We have to make a lot of love. We got to cook. We got to eat. We have to do everything positive in our power not to get closer back to relapse. So we have to become kind of like many little experts in stress management. And a lot of us out there don't have these tools, and I worry because if I didn't have these tools, man, I would have said, fuck it a long time ago. Excuse my language. We're all adults here, you know. Um, But I would have said, you know, screw it. It's so easy to say, you know what? F this. I'm done. I'm going to the bar. I tried. That's it. And when you see someone relapse, it's when they give up all hope because they've been hold, they've been doing everything to hold it together. And then they start to feel like, what is it all for? Why, why am I doing this? I might as well just go have a drink. Life sucks either way if I'm sober, if I'm not sober. They don't really mean it. But when you're really angry and in the moment, everything just seems like a real corny, stressed out, dumbed down environmental stressor. So for me... I learned, like, yo, no matter what, I made a promise to myself because the devil is a liar. Fear is a liar. Because and when people say fear is a liar, what they're saying is no evidence for that fear to justify the emotions that you're going through. Because sometimes we fear things based on our imaginations. We ain't even go through the process. We're just afraid of the thoughts. Our thoughts create fear. But it's a liar because when you actually confront your fear, it's real easy to to conquer it. So it's like, okay, I shouldn't have been afraid. It was a liar. It was no real reason to be afraid if I conquered it, right? But with, that takes courage, and we're all human, and we're all working on the courage. But if I didn't, if I didn't take the steps, if I if I don't pray, if I didn't have meditation, I'm not perfect, man. I'm sure I'll be. Like I told you guys, you read my last, you heard my last episode. I got a, my whole hair, all my hair turned gray, man. I don't know why. I know part of it is genetic, but stress does have its effect on me. I'm very sensitive, and I think I was designed and created to live a specific type of life where I don't no longer, I can't deal with stress no more. I can't deal with ignorance no more. I can't deal with drama or conflict. I could deal with it as far as business and on the, you know, day to day, you're going to deal with these things naturally, but I just can't be invested in a life where it creates too much imbalance. I'm just going to get sick and I'm not going to live a long time because I wasn't designed like that. And you know, I think alcohol was a cool outlet. I remember every time I had an issue, I would light a cigarette. Oh, and then, you know, I would chain smoke. So it would be one cigarette, two cigarettes, three cigarettes, four cigarettes. And that wasn't a good technique. That wasn't dealing with the stress. It was just making my lungs crappy. It was making me stressed out, and it was destroying my body. And then I'll go have a drink, and I'll be like, okay, well... I have one drink, I can't stop, so I'll keep drinking. And we all know we got all the way here with it six and a half years later in my sobriety. So we know that drinking is not the answer. It's nowhere near the answer. So my thing, ladies and gentlemen, is so crucial. It's so important to have these techniques. Meditation is so important. Prayer is very important. All right. So I'm not going to be long-winded. What I want to do next, ladies and gentlemen, I want to cut to a message from our sponsor. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to read the actual formal 
um, introduction to the 90-second rule, the origin of it, so you guys could research it on your own, check out the doctor that invented it, and really implement it on your life. This is Pop Buchanan. You're listening to the Sober is Dope podcast, 90-second rule and meditation. Thank you. Catch you soon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Sopas Dope Podcast. This episode is talking about the 90-second rule. Um, you just heard a message from our sponsor, Anchor. I, you know, I bring this app to you on Anchor, guys. It's a really cool app. So if you're out there and you really want to do a podcast, download the Anchor app, man. I'm a big advocate. I love the company. I love their message, and I love the functionality, the functionality of the app and how easy it is to bring podcasts to life. So moving along, um, the 90-second rule. I'm going to read to you guys the origin and actual definition of the 90-second rule. So here we go. The 90-second rule is when a person has a reaction to something in their environment, there's a 90-second chemical process that happens in the body. After that, any remaining emotional response is just a person choosing to stay in that emotional loop. Something happens in the external world and chemicals are flushed through the body, which puts it in full alert. For those chemicals to totally flush out the body, it takes less than 90 seconds. This means that for 90 seconds, you can watch the process happening and you can feel it happening and then you can watch it go away. After that, if you continue to feel fear, anger, and so on, you need to look at the thoughts that you're thinking that are re-stimulating the circuitry that is resulting in you having this physiological response over and over again ladies and gentlemen the 90 second rule um that's so deep oh my god so the background on the 90 second rule i'm gonna read this for you um here we go um in 1996, Jill, a neuroanatomist experiencing arterial venous malfunction, a rare type of stroke that blend into the left hemisphere of her brain. As a scientist, Jill was able to observe and gain insight into the workings of the brain as her stroke progressed. One of her insights was the 90-second rule. The 90-second rule is a term applied by Dr. Jill Bote-Taylor in her book, My Stroke of Insight, a brain scientist's personal journey to explore the nature and lifespan of, of an emotion if left uninterrupted by thoughts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, sorry for that pause. I'll be pulling these um, resources from different places and kind of putting together the 90-second rule puzzle for you guys. But... All right, so that's a big that's big there. So this doctor, um, st- her story is ab- absolutely um, incredible because this doctor had a stroke and was able to think about and re deconstruct the process of what brought her there. And here we go again. Our thoughts, thoughts are very powerful, and they are the ultimate triggers. Because if you could really train your mind, and a lot of this is about mindset, the sober mindset, having a strong mindset, having a reinforced mindset, and that mindset should be the governor. So 
in some schools of thoughts, they call that your brain and your mind the governor, right? The governor is the the actual part of the thought process that controls your actions and how you look at the world. But some people have a strong governor. They they get up, they never they 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 could work while they're tired, they could work through pain, they could work through stress, they could get up every day and go to a job they absolutely hate and put in twenty hours. They won't complain. They're like robotic. They're like, you know, CEO types. They're just like, I read 3,000 books a year. I run three charities. I get up 6 o'clock in the morning and run every day whether I'm sick or not. I never miss a day of work. They have a very strong governor. That part of their mind is very strong. It could bypass the... Oh, the procrastination um, gene, and uh, they could bypass the urge to just be lazy, and the bypass I'll get to it tomorrow thing, and oh, you know, the lack of discipline trait that a lot of us struggle with because we're human. Like humans, naturally, just want to chill all day. Like I just want to chill. I like chilling. I like relaxing and doing. I'm like a, a monk. I rather just. Sit there, sit there, be happy, and meditate all day. If I had it my way, I wouldn't do anything. I'll just meditate and chill and relax and go for walks and play with the animals and the squirrels and have a good day and grow a long beard and call it a day. But you know, I got to put money on the table. I can't do that, right? So the, having a strong governor goes a long way, but it also all goes back to thoughts, our thoughts, our thoughts, our thoughts. So although you know you could apply the 90-second rule, you have to be able after 90 seconds to control the thought that's caused, that, that caused the stress, the stress reaction. And this is so important, so let's break it down. Again, I have an argument with my girlfriend she says something to me I don't like that hurts my feelings. I respond. I hurt her feelings. We're both upset. We're stressed. I slam the door. She screams. I leave the house. I'm walking down the block. I'm like, F the world. I hate everybody. Whoa, me. I kick the garbage can. All right. After a while, I realize I hurt my foot. Shouldn't have slammed the door. I got to probably fix the hinge. Shouldn't have said nothing to my girl because she's cute and hot and I'm going to want to kiss her up later. And I just got a little upset. So what happens is I start to calm down. But that one thing she said to me keeps replaying in my head and I keep thinking about it and I keep imagining things and then I grow it. And that one thought could lead me into prolonging this stress reaction and prolonging the ang- prolonging the anxiety and stuff. Now, if I just catch myself and say, okay, 90 minutes passed, I calm down, let me make myself my way back to the house. Let me put it in perspective. Hey, Pop, that's no reason to be upset. You know she loved you. You probably was wrong. Take some accountability. Go apologize. And let's get back on with the day. Because this is not worth it. But it was a reflection. It was so we, we could reflect on this and learn from this. But let's not stress this out. Let's be happy. Actually, it's kind of funny. Let's laugh it off and call it a day. That's, that's how you can control the narrative. You can stop the thought. So I'm not going to make this a negative thing. You know, things happen. Or you go and apologize. But if you harbor and fester and anger and build resentment and hatred, and you're going to just make yourself sick. That's why I pray for people who's really, like, they're very negative. Like, you know, f- whether it's family, friends, whether they there's people out there who want to communicate you in a negative way. It says a lot about them, not you. 
And that negativity is going to trigger stress in their body and mind because their thoughts is going to be consumed by negativity and hate. Not mine. I'm going to say, you know what? I forgive them. That person is dealing with something. God bless them. I'm not going to stay in that emotional space. I'm going to move. And after that 90 seconds is up, I'm moving the thoughts somewhere else, right? So we have to be able to control our thoughts, master the governor, the part of the mind and brain that governs your will and your ability to say yes and no and get up and go, right? So in the next segment, this all brings us to say... Um, the meditation, sitting with the difficult, difficulty meditation, sitting with difficult emotions. So I'm going to read this for you. This is from my Shorka Insight, a brain scientist personal journey by Dr. Jill Bote Taylor. All right. When we practice the sitting with difficulty meditation, we are watching the chemical process happen in the body. We feel it happening without re-stimulating our circuitry through thinking, analyzing, or over-identifying with what it means. Initially, when beginning this meditation, people report that sensations momentarily get stronger, but as they stay with them, the sensations either become no worse or they dissipate altogether. This isn't to say that the approach is a magic wand. It's not intended that after 90 seconds everything will be rosy. The intention of this practice is just to help you see emotions for what they are, body sensations burdened by thoughts. When we can view emotions from this perspective, rather than identifying with emotions as evidence that there is something wrong with us, we can begin to find a place of balance and choose to be gentle with ourselves until the storm passes. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's all we have to do. All right. And the the sitting with difficulty meditation, we have to... So this involves sitting down and relaxing, all right? So I'm going to play this out for you guys, and then we're going to wrap this up. So the 90-second rule, someone stresses us out, we get angry, or we get a fear response, we get some form of a trigger, we know that's caused by a fight and flight, we know the body and the the brain is going to flush our bodies with adrenaline, cortisol... And then we're going to have to calm down. As we calm down within that 90-second period, our body is going to be flushing those toxins out because they are just that. They're toxins. They're meant to put you in a certain state, but they don't, they're not meant to keep you there. So after the 90 seconds, you can sit down in the cooling down period and become mindful of the thoughts that you're thinking, the thoughts that you're feeling, and you could look at them and put them in a perspective. And then I say, take it a step further and transform those thoughts from negative to positives. You know, forgive the person that made you upset. Look at the bright side. Always remember the ultimate gratitude point. At least we're still alive. At least I'm breathing. Think about the people you love. If they're still alive, at least the person that I love is still alive. Think about the person who angered you. What if I got a phone call that they died tomorrow? How would I feel if I was angry with them? 
Is my anger justified? Is my hostility justified? No. Let's go back to gratitude. Write down all of the things that you're happy about in that 90 seconds. Write down two things that you're happy about in those 90 seconds while you're cooling down. This could be a, you know, this could be part of the sitting with difficulty meditation. You could see the thoughts. I'm really upset that this person called me a gray haired bozo. Right, you know, I had I had someone call me a fake Dr. Phil the other day. It was one of my family members, and they were angry for they just kind of loopy in their mind, but they called me a fake Dr. Phil. And if that, it was other things that they said that angered me, but that particular thing was like, okay, now I get it. All right, now I get it. All right, they're coming. They they're struggling with something. So it was kind of humorous, even though it was sad because they was trying to insult me. I had to sit back and say, you know what? I you know I do be on my little Doctor Phil stuff. I guess that was a good one, but I didn't take it too personally. I did initially, but when I calmed down and cooled off, I didn't let those thoughts fester into negative thoughts, into more. I hate this person. How dare they call me that? It was what it was. Not everyone's gonna like us. Not everyone is gonna get along with us. Things are not going to always go our way. We have to be willing to transform the negatives into the positives and change the narrative. Control the narrative. Be at ease. Remember, our goal is to leave a, live a stress-free life. You want as little with cortisol and adrenaline running through your blood as possible because those things agitate the heart. They set off high blood pressure. You know, you know, you can really go off the deep end. And I want you all out there to just be peaceful and chill. And the whole part of why why sober is dope is because we're all chilling and we're and we're able to manage and deal with our emotions in a healthy way. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want, I'm gonna put this article inside the show notes for you guys, so you could go back and read it. This article was written by Justine Curlis um, of Sur- uh, Surly Mindfulness, all right? So this is from surlymindfulness.co.uk, but the concept came to me from Mel Robbins' book, um, um, and also Mel Robbins, before I go, she has another rule, and I'll do another podcast on that, but that one is even takes it a step further. It's called the five-second rule. And maybe the next podcast will be about the five-second rule. And in in a nutshell, the five-second rule is using your brain and a countdown of five seconds from five, four, three, two, one, go to get you off your butt and move, to break addictions, to break some type of struggle you could use five seconds to change because for some reason the way your our brains work once we start counting down it's like a countdown our bodies and minds gets prepares us for some form of action so if you say for example the best example for the five second rule is if your alarm goes off in the morning and you do not want to wake up and every cell in your body says press snooze if you remember the five-second rule, and you know the five-second rule, no matter what, when you get to one and go, you got to move. When you go, oh, man, I got to do the five-second rule. Okay, or five. We're going to get up. We're going to cut the alarm. We're going to jump in the shower. Five, four, 
three, two, one, boom, jump out the bed. That's the five second rule. And you can use it for anything. You can use it to not drink. You can use it to not cheat. You can use it not to go out. You know, right before you know I'm going to go have this drink, you can say I'm going to use the five second rule. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get in my car. I'm driving home. I'm leaving this place. If you're in a bad environment, five second rule. When I count to five, five, four, three, two, one, go, you get up and you move, right? So ladies and gentlemen, check out Mel Robbins' book, The Five Second Rule. And also check out her new book, I, I, and it's on Audible. I, I like to listen to my audio books. Um, it's Take Control of Your Life. Uh, I'll try to put the links in the show notes for these books for you guys. If not, you could just Google Mel Robbins and you'll come up with her books, The Five Second Rule. Actually, go to YouTube. I'll put some of her YouTube links in there so you can see her speak and break it down. But ladies and gentlemen, I love you. Activate the 90 second rule. Use it for your sober is dope tool belt. Once again, I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. Thank you for joining me today on the Sober is Dope podcast. Please share this with your friend and family, anyone that you know that can use this podcast to help transform their life. And please go on iTunes and share, 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 share. Help me out because I'm really bringing this to you guys. I'm not I'm not doing this to make any money. I'm not doing this for profit. We have the Sober is Dope store. Go check out SoberIsDope.net. Buy a sticker. We have $3 stickers. We have mugs. We have t-shirts, backpacks. This is all fun. This is a non-profit attempt to just add course to get the message out there. So I'm really excited about the movement. And if you listen to this, please send your sober is dope stories, your sober success stories, and your recovery success stories and testimonies to monkhealing at gmail.com. That's M-O-N-K-H-E-A-L-I-N-G at gmail.com. And I'm going to use all you guys' submissions to create something like a compendium of success stories. And that's going to be called the Sober is Dope Project. And we highlight the stories also on the podcast to give newbies and other people who may be sober curious um, hope um, that they could get started and they could be fulfilled through their recovery process. So I love you guys. God bless you and have a great day. Yo, we in the building. Live your best life. Pop you can. Gotta open that heart up. Transform yourself. No fear, no anxiety. At Monk Healing, what At up? Monk Healing, meditate and get healthy. With good vibes only, levitate and get wealthy. I motivate, sis loves my catharsis. I love to inspire all the dreams and the artists. Yeah, five years sober. No more brandy, used to leave with the cobra. No more beef, used to leave with the toaster. Brand new vegan, no corpse in the smoke, it's okay. And it's all about love Nurture the masses, no hate in the blood That fear is a liar And stress is a bug All I hear is Messiah And the rest is arrested, invested Sober is dope Follow the movement while we jumping off the boat And walking on water Love God like his daughters And the dream that I bought her Was my heart and my hope and my hope I'm Pop Buchanan I do it for my pops And the love for Buchanan's Rest in peace to my pop He's a king in the mansion I do it for the dream And I hope for expansion Expansion 
I'm born with a miracle, almost died twice for my death was a spiritual awakening, awakening, my soul is awakening forever, forever, ever, forever, ever.